Oh, wow. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> good, good. That, I wasn't expecting that one. Welcome to another episode of The Wave, our weekly Netflix news show and other stuff that we want to talk about. My I'm name's Nick. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd sneak in before you. I think I just made it. <laughs> just about. How you doing, Nick? Pretty good. Good, good. I've got, I've got a beer. Oh, that's good. Um, I'm, I've got oh, I've got a new pair of headphones. Oh, did you get some? Yeah, as the uh, the last pair were literally hanging off <laughs> on one side. Yeah, so uh, they're pleasingly retro in their look. <laughs> so. That's good. I look forward to seeing them next week. Okay, deal. So we can uh, we can get back together next week. Yeah, that's exciting. The first time in a very long time. I'm excited. Can't wait to get you back in the stream boat. Me too. If you if you you you'll lower the gangplank to let me on, that'll be uh, that'll be excellent. I've, I've already got the champagne ready. Okay. <laughs> so last week we talked about the the our birthdays were in the future, but also the past at the same time. But now they're most definitely in the past. How was yes. your birthday? I, I, I had a very good uh, weekend. Partly good do- dodging the showers whilst trying to yeah. barbecue, and <laughs> I, I had a wet barbecue as well. And entertain the allowed, governmentally allowed number of people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just, yeah, it was fun. Good. I'm glad good to time. hear it. I noticed you got your nipples out on Instagram. That's always nice. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's been a long time since I've seen those. <laughs> yeah, it's usually uh, DMs only. <laughs> I opened my Instagram, I was like, oh, there's Nick's nipples. <laughs> they weren't just his nipples, his whole body was there. Yeah, well, not the whole thing. <laughs> not the hot, top half. Keep yeah. it PG, Nick. Keep it PG. Yeah, exactly. How was the hot tub? Uh, lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's, it's gone tubby. now. It got disassembled this afternoon and taken oh, away. Oh, gutted. Um, but you're not making it a permanent feature then? I mean, I like the idea. Ooh, you're not dead against it. And it was like, because I went, I went out and did some exercise yesterday evening. Yeah. And, then, and then when I got home... I went in the hot tub and it was really nice because cause I'm now old and it hurts after I've been <laughs> running and things like that. <laughs> it was really nice to get in that afterwards. Um, oh, so it's, you're not but, rolling it out? Is that what you're telling me? The short of it is I don't know if I can be bothered to do all the maintenance that's required to keep it <laughs> on a Fair full-time enough. basis. You have to weigh up the pros and cons, I guess. Sure. Plus, I'm not sure where I'd put it. Um because True, yeah, because it wasn't really where practical we had where it, you had it, was it? Where we had it this weekend was fine on the patio, but that's where my shed's going, so I'm not really sure where we put a hot tub. How, how are we looking on Instagram Live shed building? Uh, it has now arrived. It's stacked. Uh, it turned up actually on my birthday. So oh, nice birthday I, present. I, I had to move a whole shed <laughs> at about 8 o'clock at night on my birthday. <laughs> oh, you should have rang me. I'd have come round. Um, oh, it's all in small pieces, so it was fine. Um, okay. I think it's probably going to be a weekend after next because nice. I've got a few things on this weekend, so I don't I don't think it's going to be a goer this weekend. Um, just just let me know and I'll be there. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep everyone updated. Yeah, shed watch. <laughs> keep your eyes on the Instagram. Other than birthday, then how how's how's life? All good. Yeah, good. I ha- I had my vaccine today, so that was exciting. God, you are getting old. I know. <laughs> Mine just, is booked as well for two weeks tomorrow. I barely snuck in and everyone kept telling me happy birthday. <laughs> uh, oh, you 
It was two days ago. Yeah, it was. Thanks. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I remember it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was good. It was fine. Absolutely fine. I feel good. good. I'm raring to go. Ready to talk movies. How about Let's you? How was, how was your weekend slash week? Yeah, it was good. A bit, bit, rain, a bit, bit rainy on my birthday, but it was, uh, it was all right. We made the most of it. And then the pizza oven has been fired up and has made pizza. And... I really enjoyed using that, so I will definitely be doing more of that. Excellent. Can't wait to try my uh, first pizza. From... I've just ordered a bread maker as well. Okay. <laughs> I'm going all doughy <laughs> and not just in looks. <laughs> Master of the baked goods. That's me. Harrison will kill me for ordering a bread maker. He's, too tra- he's a traditionalist, but I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> right. Have you got any Netflix news? Uh, sure, sure. Let's dive right in. And I'll start with one that just actually this afternoon oh, okay. uh, was confirmed. Enola Holmes 2 is coming to Netflix. It has been announced Excellent. today. I wasn't sure if they'd just been that series off because they had a lot of issues with the estate and what have you, didn't they? Yes. And then I don't think the film was as successful as they wanted it to be. But no, that's good if they've uh, confirmed a sequel. Enola yeah, Holmes the... was good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, same writer, directors are reuniting for it. So, yeah, they're good to go. Excellent. Good news. I know I shouldn't have bought a beer. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, fine. Fine. Good. Um, um, go on. Do you, me, do you want me to do one? Yeah, go for it. I've only got a couple of quick ones. Um, the Jane Silent Bob reboot is coming to Netflix. Oh, the movie? The movie. Brilliant. So yeah, it was. Um, I was, you know, when you have the Netflix screensaver comes on your TV. Yes. It just came up on that, and I was like, I had no idea that was coming. I hadn't, I hadn't read anything, I hadn't heard anything, and yeah, it was up on the on the old screensaver. It's coming on the twentieth of May as well. Oh, that's so extremely very soon. soon. Yeah. So I've been wanting to watch that since it came out because when I was younger, I was well into those Jay and Silent Bob films. I think you were oh, as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think everybody was at that time, like late nineties. Um, but yeah, it's coming. So that's good news. I'm excited. Because it had a, it only had a limited cinematic release. Was it just like just before the pandemic? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and Kevin Smith but, was was almost like touring with it, wasn't he? So he, was he did. He, like, t- he toured it. Yeah, he, he was Q doing like live shows. Yeah, and then, yeah, showed the movie, uh, and then it obviously went onto what whichever on demand service. But yeah, that's cool that that's been picked up. Yeah, it is really cool. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to watching it. I've not heard good things about it, but it'll be nice. Bit of nostalgia. Almost doesn't kick. matter. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, exactly. Excellent. You got any more? Cool. Yeah. So I will go with the chair. The chair, the chair. is coming What's the chair? to Netflix. It's the first show. It's the first post Game of Thrones show from uh David Benioff and DB Vice. Right, okay. Uh and it's gonna start on Netflix on Friday, August. 27th. Oh, that's quite a long way away still, but that's cool. What's it about? Uh, it stars Sandra O, oh, who has obviously been on this show before. She is a bottom of the stream alum, that is true. She plays, it looks like it's kind of sitcom She plays Professor Ji Yoon Kim, the first female and woman of colour hired as the head of Pembroke University's English department. Basically, uh-huh. she it looks like she's sent in to sort of uh, save this school that's a, a sinking ship. Um, other than that, there's not too much known about it. 
Have um, we mentioned it before? Yes, I think you've mentioned it before. As in, it sounds this familiar. Is, this is this is the first show that these guys are going to do. Oh, because we did a list um, of stuff that they'd got they were working on a while back. Yeah. Didn't we? Excellent. Uh, Jay Duplass, isn't it? Nice, cool. Uh, Bob Balaban, which I always love saying. Got to love Bob Balaban. <laughs> Bob Balaban. Yeah, they've they've um, they've announced it by releasing a a fake students newspaper and and the headline is that this professor's joining the joining oh, right. the school interesting so, yeah look forward yeah, to that yeah. it says good. it says a confidential source tells the pembroke daily that enrollments are down and professor kim's appointment could be the last ditch effort to save our sinking ship time will tell she begins her new role on august the 27th nice yeah Cool, that'd be good. Bit of, bit of a tease, there you go. Love a bit of a tease. Keep going. Do you like Norway? I've never been, but I'd love to go. Oh, me too. I'd love to uh, cool. go and uh, have a walk around the fjords. I'd like to have a cruise around the fjords, I think that'd be nice. I feel like my parents well, have done that. Netflix has ordered a Norwegian comedy sci-fi film about UFOs. <laughs> and I think this will be right up your street. It's called Blasted. Oh, okay. And I think we might have a delay. I'm just going to carry on. Okay. And it follows two childhood friends named Sebastian and Mikkel. Uh, they reunite for Sebastian's bachelor party. Mikkel never matured past teenage laser tag player, whilst Sebastian is a career-obsessed workaholic. Oh, sounds interesting. However, the bachelor party stumbles headfirst into an alien invasion and it's up to Mikkel and Sebastian to reunite as the kick-ass laser tag duo they once were to fight Amazing. against the alien <laughs> invaders. That sounded awesome even before you mentioned the alien bit and now it sounds <laughs> even more awesome. Uh, Blasted will release globally in on Netflix in 2022. Excellent, I will get that on my uh, wait for this list. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. It does. Did you ever see Lupin? Lupin, the first did, yes. part. The second part's coming. When? Excuse <laughs> <Speak laughs> me. Um, we have a trailer. Have you seen the trailer? I, I haven't, no. We have a trailer and it's coming on June the 11th, according to this trailer, which is pretty soon. I certainly think that the whole thing's been in the bag all at once and they just wouldn't say thought they had a hit on the hand Netflix cannily split the two I think I will 100% agree with that I think you're right I think that makes the most sense because it was a really it was an odd number of episodes wasn't it yeah yeah I remember that but yeah it's coming June the 11th there's a trailer out there now on Netflix's YouTube channel if you want to check it out I will I will do that once we're finished okay do that do you like horror movies you know I love horror movies of course I do yes (laughs) do you like one half of the Russo brothers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that depends which half. Uh, it's Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like Joe Russo. I've got no issue with the other half either, to be fair. Good, because he has co-written a screenplay um, and Netflix have commissioned the movie from the screenplay. It is a horror movie called, rather catchily, The Last Will and Testament of Charles Abernathy. More. Sounds interesting. Uh Charles Abernathy will be played by Bob Gunton, 
who you oh, yeah. probably most know from being the warden in the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Uh, and the movie follows billionaire Charles Abernathy, who on the eve of his 75th birthday invites his four estranged children back home out of fear that tonight someone or something is coming to kill him. Ooh. To ensure his family will help protect him from whatever's coming, Abernathy puts each of their inheritances on the line. They will get nothing if he is found dead by dawn. <laughs> that sounds really good. I'm interested by that. It sounds cool. It does sound cool. I'm up for that one. When's that coming? Do we know? Or they're still casting? It, I mean, there are a few few other people that have been uh, casting it. Peyton List, that's a name I know. Um, not yeah, familiar with any of these other guys. But um, yeah, so th- it was literally announced this week. So we're Again, going to be waiting a while Netflix, for it, but it does so, sound good. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty neat concept, I thought. Yeah, agreed. Got any more? Back to you. Uh, I've got one Back more. Tell me, have I got any more? I don't know I if I've got any more. I can, I can keep going. The new Sony Animation Studios movie, Wish Dragon, is yep. coming straight to Netflix. It has been announced. Okay. It is uh, yet another movie that is eschewing a cinematic release I will know now go straight to Netflix on Friday June the 11th same day as Lupin yeah featuring John Cho as the voice of a wish granting dragon named Long um, excellent sounds good it's already been out cinematically in China oh where it did quite good business apparently uh, but for the rest of the world Netflix have got the rights so cool yeah the, uh, the synopsis is Din, a working class college student with big dreams but small means and Long, a cynical but all powerful dragon capable of granting wishes set off on a hilarious adventure through modern day Shanghai in pursuit of Din's long lost childhood friend Excellent, that sounds quite good Yeah, so John John Cho's voicing this, uh, the dragon for the English version, version. the yeah. Mandarin version it was voiced by Jackie Chan Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, Just get him to do it in English as well. Well, yeah. He's already in the booth. (laughs) Simple. (laughs) Double the pay? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, June the 11th, that will arrive. Excellent. June the 11th is shaping up to be a good day so far. Do you have any more? Uh, One more quick one. Uh, We talked a couple of weeks ago about the Knives Out deal. Yep. With... Between Ryan Johnson and Netflix, this week it's been confirmed that Dave Bautista will join the cla- the uh, cast for the sequel, the first sequel at least. Dave Bautista, that's an interesting casting. I think Ed Norton's joined the cast as well this week, I've read. Yes, that came out as well. So yeah, yeah that is shaping We're up Getting already. another uh, what, ensemble cast, same as the sure. first one. It sounds like it's going to be loosely connected, but not connected. Yeah going to have a very different cast but i think daniel craig's returning isn't he i believe so i wonder if he's going to bring that accent back he's probably going to have to uh, yeah <laughs> the only other thing i've got is um this week's netflix release seems quite good you know they're releasing a film a week yes this one seems quite good um this week uh, oxygen has been released okay yeah um oxygen is a french movie 
Have you ever seen Buried with Ryan Reynolds? I have. What did you think of it? It was fine. <laughs> I quite liked it. I went to the cinema to see it with a few other people and all of them hated it. But I thought it was alright. And this seems to have a very similar concept. So Oxygen is a French movie about a lady who wakes up in a stasis chamber, but it doesn't unlock for her. So she's locked in. I believe she's lost her memory. Yes, so. and she has no, she has amnesia. Uh, obviously, there's. A, I was going to say there's a trailer out there if you want to go and watch it. Obviously, there's a trailer out because the film's out. Um, <laughs> it released on Netflix earlier today, uh, yesterday, as we record. So uh, I will check that out over this weekend, and we'll report back in next week's wave. Sure. Is that all the news done? The news sack is empty. The news sack is empty because uh, just. Minutes before we started recording tonight, we said, what we'll do is we'll start by talking about last week's film, then we'll oh, do we the did, news. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we didn't talk about last week's film, so uh, should we do a quick roundup of last week's film? Yeah, let's do it. So what did we watch last week, Nick? So uh, on last week's movie show, we watched a film called After. Uh, yes. You can find our movie show every Thursday on this very same feed. Exactly the same feed. Um, after was a wildcard pick by one of our Patreons. And after we recorded the episode, we realised that we'd forgotten to read out his thoughts on the film. So we thought we'd do it in this week's wave. Yeah? Good good plan. Um, so Sam sent me an email, or sent the bottom of the stream email account, bottom of the stream at gmail.com, an email, um, about his thoughts of after. He starts it with the term unlikable characters. Agree with that? Oh, 100%. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so this, it starts this definitely off, came up, didn't it, several times yeah, in our uh, conversation. He starts off, take, he takes a swipe at Hardin, who was the main male character, calls him a truly awful cookie-cutter bad guy, complete with leather jacket, displays signs of gaslighting, manipulative <laughs> behaviour, victim-blaming, possibly psychopathic, sociopathic tendencies, and loves... And he, Yeah, that's what he says <laughs> about Hardin. So he really didn't uh, like Hardin. <laughs> Uh, look, that's nail on the head. I mean, yeah. I think you put it quite well as well in in our episode. Where you, it was, he was just a robot. Yeah, it was robotic. He not wasn't human. a real human. No. Um, he didn't like Molly, who was the girl with the pink hair. Apparently, she says she was just a jealous, jealous of Tessa. Just wanted to be a dick. I think she was in love with Hardin. I think that was her motives behind it. Yes, it was very clumsily not not expressed. Was it really no. by the? And this, then, this was, again, we said at the time, but it was very clunky, the script. I mean, it was a terrible film, let's not get ourselves. <laughs> and then he's put Tessa forgives him at the end, completely renew, re, completely ruining what little character development she had. Which I think is also fair. Yeah, totally, because I think I'd, I did give a little bit of praise at the start of the movie where she, she actually stood up to this guy. Yeah, she was treated terribly, and then that was all thrown away in the last minute of the film. Yeah. <laughs> when he creepily he came out of the woods to sit next to her <laughs> then his next sentence is to give it a little bit of credit and i think he's given it far too much credit here um he's put Hardin is constantly wearing black to signify a bad guy um tessa is almost exclusively in white signifying good i don't think they thought about it that hard no i i think <laughs> i think it's just that bad they... guys wear black yeah i i don't i mean it's not exactly subtle subtext is it so no. <laughs> I think that's absolutely what they were going for. <laughs> I don't think they were that intelligent. <laughs> and then he's put, promotes the neckbeard analogy that nice guys finish last. I love that, neckbeard analogy. 
Um, as a nice boy- boyfriend and token black guy, don't do anything, and she ends up with Hardin anyway. Yeah. Uh, sequel baiting at the end. We know there was sequel baiting at the end because there's going to be four sequels to it at least. <laughs> um, but he has concluded with, whilst based on a Harry Styles fan fiction, I thought it was going to be a lot worse. Um, apparently, they've toned down the worst behaviours from the book. Um, oh, and that's because again we touched on this. It's it's not rate. It's not got a it's rated high at enough age rating for him to be that much of a bad guy. He, he seems to have. I don't know if he's read the book, but he he has um, told us something that happens in the book. It's, I'm really glad it didn't happen in the film. Okay. Um, he's put Harding keeps the bloody bedsheets after taking Tessa's virginia, virginity as a token, much like a serial killer would, and then shows them to his friends. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the guy's a psychopath, clearly. Clearly. So uh, yeah, that's how he's chosen to finish that. That's. I'm glad that didn't happen in the film. That's rank. <laughs> so yeah I think after is going to be I mean it wasn't as bad as Temple and it, the, the string table reflects that but I think it's going to be one of those forgettable films that we won't talk about much going forward it wasn't good it wasn't, it wasn't good the, it the wasn't only, good. like I said the only thing that possibly saved it was it was quite fun to just pick it apart that's <laughs> so, what we like doing no there's no way I'm going back to uh, to see any of the subsequent movies on that one no, uh, but but do check out our episode because we had a lot of fun talking about. We it, did, so. yeah. I, I should probably do some admin and apologise for the audio quality on that episode and both episodes last week. I don't know what happened with my microphone. Um, it seems to be okay now, and as of next week, we'll be back in the same room anyway, so it shouldn't happen again. But uh, just bear with us while we're doing these social distance recordings, I guess. Yeah, it it wasn't too bad, but yeah, it was it wasn't quite as clear as usual. But no. these things happen. These things yeah, happen. and there's no way of knowing until the recording's over. It yeah, could exactly. be happening again now, and I wouldn't know. I'm just hopeful <laughs> that it hasn't. So yeah, uh, t- yeah, check out our episode from last week on after, uh, yeah. and then this Thursday you can find us again talking about this week's movie, which is called Urge. Yes, it's a drug movie, starring Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's going to be a fun one to talk about this one. Um, I can't wait. I'm excited to talk to you about this film. A load of well, I was going to say young, but they're not that young. No, rich people, rich people partying, I guess. Yeah, to a new designer drug and yeah, chaos ensues. But yeah, stuff it's going to be happens. A, it's stuff definitely happens. It's going to be a fun one. So yeah, that'll be out on the Thursday following this episode, or which is otherwise known as Thursday, and. <laughs> Yeah, check it out when it hits the stream on Thursday. Yeah, it's starting to uh, build up the stream table now, so it'll be yeah, interesting to see where that episode fits five, in. Episode five, isn't it already? Indeed. Excellent. Have you watched anything good at the top of the stream this week? No. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, I've barely, I've barely watched anything. Like I said, I've been so busy with uh, life and birthdays and yeah, and th- th- stuff. Th- that weekend's always chaos, isn't it? And even more yeah. so this year. Because we couldn't see everybody at the same time. We had to... Shift. I think I had about four birthday parties in two days. I know. <laughs> I literally had to give great. out times. Yeah. yeah. You, Allocated you arrive time here, slots. those people can leave there. Yeah. We'll go out the, we, we literally went out the back door as your parents came in the front door. I know. <laughs> oh, Military well. precision, tell you. It's all going to be over soon. Um, the only thing I've watched, I started and finished Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, that's good going. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Six? Uh, eight. 
Eight, okay. They're very oddly paced episodes. So the majority right. of them are 30 to 35 minutes. Okay. Uh, episode seven is 55 minutes. And then the sure. finale goes back to 35 again. Why they didn't just make it nine, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's, yeah, it's very oddly paced. There's so somewhere between 30 and 40 normally. And then that one, for some reason, is 53 minutes long. But what it's did you think? excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really excited to see where Netflix are taking this new superhero superhero universe. Um, they built up some good characters there, and there's potential. There's real potential for a so good. So is this is this intended to be a one and done, or will other things spin off it, or will I there believe, be a second season of this? Well, it's the, the, the way they're marketing it is the beginning of their superhero universe. Yes. So who knows? Genuinely, who knows? It, it, I hope it isn't one and done because that story for that show could go on and on and on okay. and on. Because it is, it's a superhero origin story, which we've seen hundreds of times before, but it's different. And okay. it's set over two timelines. So it tells the story of how they got there. The, there's like six superheroes in it, or the original it- Union. I think they call themselves the Union. And it's t- t- the one timeline tells the story of how they got their powers. And then in the other timeline, not timeline, like further ahead in the future, they're all getting old. And so they're starting to want to pass their powers down to their children and their children are starting to take over. Sounds so like a bit of a... What, set over two time periods. It's very much a cross between Watchmen and Bad... The Boys. Yeah. Um, bad Boys. Bad Boys. <laughs> that would be a very different I'd, thing. I'd watch um, that crossover. It's nowhere near as gory as The Boys was on Amazon Prime, but okay, the, it has a very dark feel like Watchmen did. But at the same time, it's also not very superhero-y. It's, it's more about their alter egos than the actual superheroes. I am... Um, it's life I, I'm, Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. It's brilliant. Like say, it's, it's been a busy honestly, week, but I'll get to it. I absolutely. I can't rave enough about it. I really enjoyed Good. it. And I'm really intrigued to see where they're going to go with it next. I've always had a soft spot for Josh DeHamel, and I think, I think he nailed it. I think he absolutely nailed it. So why you, is that the reason you watched all those Transformers movies? <laughs> Maybe not those. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. Honestly, it's really good, and it's really interesting to see where Netflix will end up going with it. Excellent. Strong recommendation. Strong. Strong. Rec- best TV show I've seen in a long time. On Netflix. That's it, though. That's all I've watched. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to quickly run through the Netflix top 10? We've not yeah, done why not? We're, yeah, I've not done that for ages. No. So, currently at number 10 on Netflix is The Mitchells versus The Machines. I'm surprised that's not higher. Yeah. Um, it's been a strong week on Netflix, though, hasn't it? There's quite a few bits come out. I, am, I, am, I nearly turned it on at the weekend, and then I looked, and it's two hours long. I wasn't expecting it to be that long, yeah. and I didn't have that much time. So, <laughs> I will definitely check that out at some point. But Okay. <laughs> Um, another recent addition to Netflix, but a, not a new film, is Baby Driver. Is at number nine. Yep. Um, it's got Spacey in, so we probably shouldn't talk about it. Well, <laughs> and who's the guy standing? Um, he's not exactly covered himself in glory either. Um, Ansel Eagle. I can't his name. Yeah, Ansel Eagle. <laughs> yeah, so we'll briefly skip over that. Don't watch Baby. What Baby Driver is a good film, but don't watch it. Um, <laughs> Motherland is at number nine. Yes. Uh, that's a TV show. The second series, I believe, has just dropped onto Netflix. 
A group of mothers and stay-at-home dads struggle to juggle childcare with self-care as they experience the thrills and trials of parenthood. Have you seen it? I've seen a few episodes of the first series. It's, it's, it's quite funny. Yeah, it's quite funny. Um, Excellent. Well, there's two series. I don't know the ladies. I don't know the lady's name, but the 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 main lady in it has also been in this series of Line of Duty, which has just finished on and been a really big thing on TV over here. It's like a police drama, which again something I've never really watched. And no, I've never watched it. Gen- That's also there was gen- Yeah, there was genuinely. Um, a bit of a storm on Twitter this week because it went a bit viral. Quite a few people had said, oh, I can't believe this is the same woman playing this sort of uptight, vicious police woman in in line of duty and then playing this harangued, uh, a bit useless, all over the place mother in Motherland. And (laughs) and equally people would say, well, that's that's what acting is. (laughs) That's exactly what acting is what people do it's her job and she's obviously quite good at it so (laughs) people just people people just watch one thing though things like Lone of Duty people don't watch they only watch that sure it's just it's just yeah people are stupid sorry I just need to grab my phone charger because I'm reading I'm in the middle of reading a top 10 and if the phone dies I won't know what the top one is right number 7 is a TV show called Shadow and Bone I've seen the trailer I've not seen the show same uh, I'm not I, sure I'll get to it. I've decided against it. It doesn't really appeal to me. Um, it says, Dark forces conspire against orphan map maker Alina Starkov when she unleashes an extraordinary power that could change the fate of her war-torn world. It's one of these Netflix supernaturally type shows that they're all over. Sure. Uh, number six is a TV sh- another TV show called Startup. Have you heard of Startup? I've got no idea what that is. It's got a cast. Um... It's got two seasons. It's I think it's an old show that's just appeared on Netflix. It's from 2017. Uh, An attempt to launder stolen money finances a cryptocurrency that puts entrepreneurs in business with a corrupt FBI agent and a Miami gang. Um, It stars Adam Brody, Martin Freeman and Ron Perlman. Oh, wow. And Mira Sorvino. That's that's actually quite intriguing. (laughs) It really is, isn't it? I've never heard of it. Um, There's two seasons on Netflix. Um, But it started in 2017, so I assume there's only two seasons of it. So yeah, check that out. Uh, number five is one of my favourite films of recent times. It's Brightburn. Is it number five? That's appeared on Netflix this week. Yep. Have Great you seen one. Brightburn? Yes. Brilliant film. But I think I would like to go and watch it again. Do it. I've watched. I watched it not long ago. It was on Amazon. Okay. And I watched it. I've watched it three times now. I love it. Um, loving parents who adopted a child that fell from the stars in a spacecraft years ago realise that he's becoming evil and that he has superpowers. Um, it's basically the Superman origin story, but if Superman decided to be evil instead of good. Yeah. Men in Black International is at number four. I did, Look, it's supposed to be pretty bad, but then are any of the Men in Black films actually good apart <laughs> from the first one? The first one's good. So the rest of them it, are. That's what I mean. So at some point, I'm sure I'll watch it. It's, it sounds like it might be a Saturday night option. Yeah, possibly. It's got a decent cast, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson are the main characters. Yeah. It says, when shape-shifting aliens threaten Earth, a new recruit and a veteran MIB agent embark on a mission to save their own organisation and the world. Same plot as all the others. <laughs> yep. The number three is their documentary limited series, The Son of Sam, A Descent Into Darkness. It's supposed to be excellent. So yes, I've I will, heard uh, good things. I will watch that at some point. Number two is The Secret Life of Pets 2 um, from 2019, so I assume that's just appeared on the, screen, on the stream. Yep. 
And Jupiter's Legacy is at number one, right where it belongs. Excellent. Awesome. Uh, what do you want to do now? Do you want to talk about Alice in Borderland? Yes, let's extend our rods. <laughs> let's extend the rods into Alice in Borderland. So, if you don't know, if you've not been following the show, we have started watching a TV show every week. We'll talk about an episode on the show. And this is episode three. We've, we're three weeks in now, three episodes in. What did you think of episode three of Alice in Borderland, Nick? I mean, it went places I wasn't expecting. <laughs> I thought it was the best one so far, personally. Um, we're starting to I, 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 we're starting to develop the characters. Yeah, I'd have it about level with last week. Yeah, there's not much I thought, in it. I, I preferred the game from last week, but obviously the emotional heft is far greater this week. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. We we said goodbye to several of our, well, of all our of main them, cast. In theory. <laughs> all but one of them, anyway. Uh, and it was pretty brutal. It was. It left us on a proper cliffhanger as well to see where what's going. Because so, the rest of the other two episodes have been tied up in a neat bow at the end. Yes. But this one wasn't, was it? He was still no, technically still in the game when the episode finished. It took all of my will to stop and not let it play the next episode. So of our, I'm fully yeah, on board. With small the show group now. of, small group of four. Uh, Arisu is the only one left standing because yes. they they stepped into this week's game and they were the only four competitors and only one they played hide and hide and seek, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, but the person who was on by the at the uh, point of the timer running out was the only one who would. Uh, it would remain alive. It confused me. Happened. It was because they've kind of flipped it backwards, didn't they? Because yeah. that's not how hide and seek works. <laughs> no. So it confused me when they were explaining. It, I was like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." And then they were like, "Oh shit, that doesn't make any sense." And that's when they started like realizing what they'd got to do. But all the way through, I was like, "I wonder how they're going to get out of this one." And yeah, then they so didn't. Quite... <laughs> I was like, yeah, exactly. "Oh wow!" Because my criticism was, I thought they fell apart a bit too quick because. But in hindsight, I think that worked well because yeah. basically the, they just started arguing with each other, didn't they? And yeah. they, they started playing the game properly, whereas previously they've worked together to try and come to a resolution. Yeah. So I'm watching this episode all the way through thinking, ah, oh, this feels a bit forced, This um, them sort of going at each other's throats because three of them have been lifelong friends and, you know, like I say, they've, they've managed their way out of the previous two games. But... Then when it sort of ended how it did and actually Arisu couldn't work a way out of it. Yeah. Uh, and they all sacrificed themselves for him. It was quite uh, emotional, wasn't it? It, it was. It was. And, I mean, there was some proper acting going on. In there the really was, yeah. The last 10 minutes were incredible. There was there was tears and snot and everything. Yeah. And scream, this guttural screaming he was doing at the end. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I'm all in on this. You know how it comes up on Netflix? It's like, I'm about to play the next episode and you have to stop it. It yeah. took all of my power to not let it do it. <laughs> <laughs> it really did. I was like, I'm all in on this show now. I'm really interested to see where it's going. Um, you know, I said in week one that it reminded me of Cube. And yes. in week two, it reminded me of Saw. Yes. This one was 100% Battle Royale. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like it's like they're choosing a different film every week to tease me with. This was, yeah, they even, even had the exploding neck collars. Yes, and they were kind of in a jungle because yeah, they, they were, were in, in a, a well, they they were in a botanical yeah um, botanical gardens gardens yeah, and they had like weapons to choose from and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah it was. It definitely was all over Battle Royale. So I mean, I'm excited to see which next film we're going to get next week. I, I mean, I think my concern for it would be is is the story strong enough to maintain the momentum because you've had these. Although I didn't really like the game the first week, the last two weeks they were very good, and that really propelled it forward and kept you on the edge of your seat. And well, if we are down to one character, then the whole show is going to change from now on. Well, he's now got a lot of days in the bank before he has to do another game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm wondering if if it's going to shift slightly now. To... And they've all got, and they've also got this beach that they need to try and get to. Yeah. Which they explained there wasn't a beach anywhere near them, so. He had, the, the idea was to bank up enough days to be able to get there, wasn't it? Yeah, try and get out of the city. Try and get out of the city. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really on board with it. I'm loving it, to be fair. Can't wait for yeah, episode I'm, four. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Me too. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still not quite as uh, high on it as you, but it's... Um, it's right on my street, though, isn't it? You know it's exactly yeah. the sort of thing that I, that I really like. Pushing your buttons, for sure. Yeah, it's 100% pushing all my buttons. So, yeah, we're sticking with it then, yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm not giving sure. up at this point. No, no. So if anybody wants to watch along with us, come along and join us in the Discord. There's a chat room in there where we talk about it. And you're only three episodes behind, so catch up and get in the Discord and come and chat with us. The Discord link will be at the bottom of the show notes. Good stuff. What's next? You teased a new feature last week. Oh, I did, didn't I? You did. Let's do that then. Let's do that. I'm excited. (laughs) What's going on, Nick? This is our new feature. Occasional feature, which we will do... Well, initially I thought maybe on slow news weeks, but we've not had any of those yet. So <laughs> we'll see how it plays out. But um got a few ideas for these going forward. But cool. this is the deep dive where Ooh. we just spend uh, a few minutes talking in a bit more depth about a... I kind of got the idea that it's going to be sort of stories, legends, myths from around Hollywood the movie industry. Yeah, basically. Um and I think we've got quite an interesting one to start off with. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, the 1996 movie, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yep. I've never seen it. I don't really even know what it's about. So okay, got my attention. Originally, it was it's a novel from the 1800s. It's a H.G. Wells novel. Okay. Um, so obviously he wrote The Time Machine, um, you know, several of the very influential novels. And, and this, and it's essentially about a... Uh, a, a strange guy who lives on an island who's been carrying out experiments uh, to crossbreed humans and animals, basically. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's the movie itself. Well, how this thing got made, or nearly didn't, is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about it a bit on our Christmas episode with uh, Bottom of the Burrito. Yeah. as one of the worst movies I've ever seen, which <laughs> I stand by that uh, i think it's one of the only times i would have liked to have walked out of the cinema oh you went to the cinema to see it did you yeah but i couldn't do so because i was too young to drive so i hadn't driven there <laughs> so <laughs> all right isn't it um, 1996 okay you went far off you know a couple of years away yeah um so just a bit about the movie so yeah it came out in 1996 stars Marlon Brando Val Kilmer what could go wrong with those two uh, <laughs> David Thewlis and uh, Fariza Balk 
Uh, it's directed by, well, it eventually ended up being directed by John Frankenheimer, uh, and it was written by, uh, co-written by a guy called Richard Stanley. He also started off as the director on this thing. Right. Uh, it grossed, ended up grossing $49 million on a budget of $40 million. So it was a pretty big flop. Found it. Richard Stanley, legend has it, he was so he was he was an up and coming filmmaker. He'd done a couple of sort of fairly well regarded, weird, um, low budget movies in the sort of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, bit of an up and comer. Nineteen ninety four, he managed to get a pitch with New Line Cinema. Okay, so at the time they were sort of a, a new new kids on the block. Yeah, they, they sort were. of built themselves on Nightmare on Elm Street and and stuff like that. Yeah, and they were looking to sort of take the next steps, and and Stanley went in, and apparently he took with him a great amount of sort of illustrations, and 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 basically delivered an awesome pitch, right? That so impressed the uh, the studio that they gave him the job of directing this movie, The Island of Doctor Moreau. Right. Um, okay. And they helped him put together quite the team to sort of bring it together. So. They got um, they got a guy called Michael Hare who had been in the Vietnam. He'd been a news reporter in the Vietnam War, but he'd also helped work on Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket. Oh wow, two cracking um, films. Yeah, so he was he was doing some work on the script. Um, one of the producers, Ed Pressman, had worked on Badlands, Das Boot, Bad Lieutenant, all these sort of really you know classic movies. Yeah. Um, and because these these guys had a relationship with Brando, they thought they could get him on board. Um, and obviously he was he was a, a living legend at the time, so they thought if they could get him on, what could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> Notoriously easy to work with Marlon Brando. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> with all this sort of up and running, the first problem that Richard Stanley had was that. Roman Polanski wanted to re- got wind of it and wanted to direct this instead. <laughs> well, well known, nice guy, and not controversial at all. <laughs> uh, was he was desperate to work with Brando, and so New Line got rid of Stanley and brought on Roman Polanski. Obviously, Richard Stanley wasn't happy about this, so he managed to set up a meeting on his own with Marlon Brando. Right now, he had two. Trump cards to play, I guess. And Stanley's, by an absolute quirk of coincidence, Stanley's great-grandfather was uh, a guy called Henry Stanley. And he was allegedly the inspiration for Colonel Kurtz in Heart of Darkness, which is the book that Apocalypse Now was based on. (laughs) That is a small world. (laughs) (laughs) So Brando kind of was, was quite intrigued by this. So obviously Stanley's thinking, if I can say get Brando to say he'll do it, but he'll only do it if if I'm directing, then I'll be back in here. Yeah. But the other thing that Richard Stanley did was employ employ the services of an English warlock to cast a spell. <laughs> what? <laughs> to, <laughs> to cast a spell um to ensure that uh Brando would sign on to this movie if uh, only if Stanley would direct. Um, 
apparently the warlock got his coven together, cut his ar- cut their arms, and drew um, magical sigils in blood. What are you talking um, about? <laughs> at the same time that Stanley was going to Brando's house. Right. So he put, they put a spell on him, basically. So what's a warlock? <laughs> it's basically a man-witch, isn't it? Okay. That, that has blown my mind. So, well, one thing worked, either the spell or the, the relationship, because uh, Brando said he'd do the film, but only if Richard Stanley directed it. So it worked? So so Stanley was back in. Good for um, the warlock. For, $40 million budget. Yep. Uh, Stan Winston's on board to do all the makeup and the uh, wow. visual effects. Okay. Um, and they found their location in Australia. Nice. Not only that, Bruce Willis is signing on. Bruce Willis is signing on as well. In the mid nineties, yeah. that's like prime Willis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis is going to play Edward Douglas, who was basically the guy from the UN. He's 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 like the inspector who stumbles on the on the on the island. Okay. Um, Bruce Willis isn't in this film. <laughs> right, what went wrong there? <laughs> because just just before it was uh, due to start filming, he dropped out because he was going through a divorce with Demi Moore. Right, okay. And his lawyers recommended he'd, he shouldn't go and spend <laughs> Maybe don't go to Australia. six months in Australia. <laughs> so New Line thought, that's fine. We know a guy. He's, he's Batman. Let's get Val Kilmer in. No way, really? Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Richard Stanley went and met Kilmer as he was doing his press tour for Batman Forever. Yeah. Um, and Kilmer said he would do it, but he didn't want to be in the movie so much. In fact, <laughs> he told Stanley that he would have to cut his screen time by 60%. <laughs> so he's like, I'll be in your movie, but I'm not being in your movie. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, so this obviously meant that they would have to do a rewrite. Uh, but fine, they they thought they'd try that. Okay. Then, tragically, before they started filming, Marlon Brando's daughter hung herself. Oh, God. And he went AWOL. You know, this was literally would, days yeah. before before the movie was, was, uh, <laughs> was going to start move, uh, filming. And no one knew where he was. Right. So the set's built. Everyone's there. But you've lost two of the your stars now. Yeah. Val Kilmer had arrived in Australia and decided he didn't want to play the role of the UN guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he now would only stay on set if he got the role, the role of Dr. Moreau's assistant instead. Okay. So <laughs> so they agreed to it. Um, and, and the UN inspector role went to a guy called Rob Morrow who I think is a Canadian actor. Right. He was in a, he was most famous for a TV show called Northern Exposure, which I vaguely remember. Oh, was that about mountains? Yeah. Yes, I do remember yeah. that. So he's now in. Right, he's in. He's the, he, he's the third person to play this sort of UN <laughs> inspector role. But they've already so cut the Bruce part gone, down for Kilmer, and now they, they yeah. didn't need to So it's gone that. Bruce Willis, Val Kilmer, Rob Morrow. Right. And Kilmer's gone, took a sidestep. Okay. And no one knows where uh, Marlon Brando is. Marlon Brando is. <laughs> Stanley sort of said he's quoted as saying, um, "You know, Val Kilmer's demands caused a lot of problems on this, but he would have never acted up if the studio hadn't kept saying yes to him. No one stood up to him, basically. Right, just let him have whatever he wanted because he was yeah. because he was Batman. Yeah. 
so we've now got most of our people in Australia, apart from the big guy. <laughs> um, and a load of other stuff then starts to happen to curse this thing. Right. So Stanley's personal assistant is bitten by a venomous spider. Obviously. <laughs> the warlock back in London. Yeah. He's hospitalised with a bone disease. Right. And then gets infected by a flesh-eating parasite. Okay. Is he on the payroll for the film? No, but this is just related <laughs> curses to do with this. This Right. Um, Stanley's mother's house was struck by lightning. Get lost. No way. <laughs> yeah. So this this is this is all, all sort of... This is what happens when you mess with the occult. Chaos around this production. Um, so Stanley thought, you know, I feel I can... As long as I've got Brando, I'll be all right here. Because... <laughs> He's, he's the golden ticket, isn't he? Yeah. But but Brando's gone missing. So so Stanley's feeling, you know, quite vulnerable. He knows the studio's watching over him. They've taken a risk giving him this this project anyway. He's he started doing rehearsals uh, in the in the home that they've rented with a lot of the actors and actresses. Um they start filming and within a couple of days there's a hurricane. <laughs> Floods most of the set. No way. Rob Morrow, remember him? Yeah in the middle of a howling rainstorm, is said to have used a ship's radio to contact his agent in Los Angeles and pleaded to get off the picture. Oh, no. <laughs> Fucking hell. So he's gone. He's gone. He just goes. Yeah. So we've got no UN so, agent now. Yeah, the studio lets him go. Eventually, they get David Thewlis in. He, is the, he plays this role in this film. Right, okay. So the fourth choice plays the yeah. role. So they're still missing Marlon Brando. They're trying to film it in between rebuilding the sets. Uh, I've got a quote here. It says, on the rare occasions any filming took place, Val Kilmer was rude and abrasive. During one scene, he reportedly sat on the ground and refused to stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Three days. So three days into filming. Yeah. the, The producers stepped in, told the cast and the crew to down tools. And they sacked Richard Stanley. That's not his fault. I mean, there's a lot of things that have sort of convoluted at this point to to, to play against this guy, but he's gone. Yeah, he's he's got the boot. Right. Okay. Three days in. Um. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Um. Michael DeLuca, who we mentioned earlier, one of the producers. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in a very remote part in North North Australia. Uh, was so concerned that Stanley might try and stay involved that he gave a production assistant the job of escorting Stanley to the airport to ensure he got on a flight back to the States. <laughs> when the plane when the plane landed at, in Los Angeles the next day, guess who wasn't on it? Richard Stanley. <laughs> Correct. Why? Where was Correct. he? Well, we'll come back to that. Okay. We'll come back to that. Oh, I'm so intrigued by this story. <laughs> so... They they get in John Frankenheimer. Is uh, you might be familiar with his name. I think he directed the French Connection too. You know he was he was um he was sixty five at this point. So he, he's um veteran, bit of an old school guy. Yeah, a uh, bit of veteran, hard sort of a hard man reputation of bringing people into line. So they they're just trying to look for anything on their money back at this point, I guess. Yeah. A couple of days later, Brando finally arrives. <laughs> right. Okay. He showed um, up. Do you want to know his typical working day? Yeah, I'd love to. So apparently, he would arrive around nine a.m. Yep. 
goes goes straight to his trailer. Uh, Frankenheimer would sort of follow him in, and they would sit and discuss the film in private. Okay. That would take a couple of hours. So around lunchtime, they'd come out and tour the set, and Brando would sort of suggest ideas that he had for improvement to the movie. And they would literally be rewriting the script as they walked around. Gee. <laughs> so if you do watch this movie, you'll notice that um, Brando is... So he's, play, he's playing Dr. Moreau and he's, his face is covered in thick white makeup. That wasn't in the original script. Brando insisted on that. <laughs> um, he randomly wears an ice bucket on his head at times. What? That was that that was Brando's insistence. <laughs> and then... Was he just seeing what he could get away with? I think so, basically. Um, and then this was never in the original script, but any time Moreau's on the screen... He never appears without an identically dressed midget. <laughs> what? Um, because because Brando took a shine to one of the extras. It's basically this. It's the original Mini Me. It's this 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 little guy, two foot tall. Um, no way. And 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 that's yeah, amazing. He, kind of, he liked the guy, and he just hung around with him for the whole. So he was just. He's like, he's going to be in it next to me all the time. And he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's incredible. Imagine having that sort of power. So this, <laughs> it, it is also alleged, and I've read this on several places, uh, but so I'm going to mention it. It's alleged that one of the Brando ideas that did not end up on screen was his suggestion that his character would wear an elaborate hat throughout the whole film so you couldn't see his face. I guess like a beekeeper's type thing. Yeah. And then in the final scene, the hat would be removed, revealing him in a dramatic twist to have been a dolphin all along. <laughs> oh, that's blown my mind. Why is that not in the script? That's amazing. Oh, this is incredible. As I said, it's unbelievable. It really is. Unbelievable. And you think it can't get any weirder, and it just keeps going. He wanted to so, be a dolphin. That's incredible. With a midget for it. Yeah, so so obviously they're they're changing the script, sort of hour by hour. Yeah, and so no one bothered really learning any lines. No uh, point. Yeah, but so Brando had his dialogue read aloud to him uh, via an earpiece, but apparently sometimes the signal would get mixed out, uh, mixed up with a local police scanner. <laughs> and David Thewlis tells a story that they were in the mi- middle of shooting one scene. And, and Brando just starts shouting halfway through his dialogue, there's a robbery going on at Woolworths. <laughs> that, oh, I really hope that's true. <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> Me too. I'm crying. Oh, this is an awesome um, story. All the way through this, Val Kilmer's still being Val Kilmer. Yeah. Uh, basically, he wouldn't come out of his trailer until Brando had come out of his trailer. Um, <laughs> it's alleged that Days and days would go past without them even managing to produce a single frame of usable footage. Just because those two um, are too stubborn to get out of their trailer. Yeah, and, and basically, the ex- so all these extras in their sort of part man, part animal costumes are just sitting around drink, getting drunk, doing drugs, playing <laughs> games. <laughs> so that's an absolutely crazy situation. That's a ridiculous um, situation. And, and in amongst all that, the studio kind of forgot about Richard Stanley. Right. Oh, yeah, because he's not at home. <laughs> no. He never got on the plane. So, 
around a month after he didn't get off this plane, yeah. some of the extras found him living rough in the jungle. What? And he was apparently living um, on, on a fruit plantation where, where according, according to this, he'd been eating yams and coconuts and using his substantial personal stash of marijuana. Oh my goodness. He was quite keen to see how the uh, movie was progressing. Yeah. So with the help of these extras, he concocted a plan to get back on the set. Oh the my extras God. managed the extras managed to steal one of the costumes. No way. And Richard Stanley was basically dogman number three for the rest of this movie. So he's actually in the film? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's incredible. No oh, Undercover. wow. Oh, that's amazing. What a hero. He's he's quoted as saying, ultimately, I found it reassuring and psychologically helpful of spending time undercover because it made me realise it was a sh- shambolic situation even without me and it kind of wasn't my fault. <laughs> yeah, so they sacked him for no reason and it didn't get any better afterwards. <laughs> um, I love the fact that he's in the film. That's brilliant. <laughs> he says that one of the things he, he most remembers witnessing was that, and this is, this is to bring this to a close now, it's just, just a little bit left. Okay. That because Frankenheimer had to spend so much time trying to corral Brando and Val Kilmer, that he he moved a lot of, he gave a lot of the sort of general directing set up and, and, and a lot of the scenes that those two weren't in to a guy called Peter Elliott, who was actually the animal behaviour specialist on on um, on set <laughs> right so it just so happens though that Elliot was uh, was playing was playing one of these animal hybrids yeah he was a baboon uh, so basically you had the sight of this little baboon man with a loud hailer <laughs> in a in a Hawaiian jacket directing this movie oh my god <laughs> and no one could really understand what he was saying because of his makeup so half the time, people just didn't do what he wanted. That, that is an That's, insane story. It's absolutely crazy. I, I've never heard any of that either. I'm, I can't believe I've never heard of that. So, well, you, you've got a couple of options because not only can you go and watch the movie itself, yeah, but it is such a crazy story that if you if you want to on Amazon, you can. there is a documentary about the making of the movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, it's called Lost Soul. So... I would highly recommend it. I watched it quite a while ago now. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it is an absolutely crazy story. I'm going to watch both. Um, I'm definitely going to watch the film just to try and see what the hell's going on. Richard Stanley actually, last year, released his first feature film since he didn't direct... No, really? <laughs> the Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, that long later? 25 years I guess he was later. in it. <laughs> Who? Don't say Val Kilmer. I thought you were saying Val Kilmer. Nicholas Cage is in it. What's the film called? Yeah, uh, Color Out of Space. I've heard of that. It was a yeah, it's a H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. Have I seen that? I might have even seen um, it. I think we may have talked about the trailer once. Yeah, it's uh, the name's really familiar. I, mean, I don't think I have seen it, but the name's familiar. Uh, we might have mentioned it with the Grief Burrito Boys at some point. Yeah, possibly. Then maybe that's where I'm recognizing it from. When that came out last year, Stanley said, you know, it wanted to be the 
first in a trilogy of Lovecraft adaptations and it got some really good reviews. However, just to round this off, uh, in March of this year, so a couple of months ago, yeah. uh, a screenwriter named Scarlett Amaris, who'd collaborated with Stanley on several projects, alleged that he was physically, sexually, emotionally, oh. financially abusive <laughs> to her and she had filed a complaint with the French Law Enforcement Agency. Another former partner of Stanley has also reported abuse. Spectrevision, who produced Colour Out of Space, announced it would no longer work with him and that all future revenue from the movie will be donated to anti-domestic violence charities. That is um, crazy. The, the case is currently ongoing. So it took him 25 years to get to make a film and then he fucked it. Literally. Yeah. That has has blown my mind, Nick. That is incredible. What a tale. That's amazing. I'm definitely going to watch. I'm definitely going to watch the film. I'm definitely going to watch the documentary. Colour Out of Space is also on Amazon Prime if you want to watch that. Wow. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. That's just insane. Yeah, it it is an absolute twist after twist of a tale. (laughs) It really is. It's just it never stopped. I felt I felt like you were just gonna do like ten minutes and it would just be a few crazy stories, but it just kept building and <laughs> building and it was, <laughs> you've done like twenty five minutes on it. Insane. Mental. There you go. Excellent. Told you to get more content. <laughs> Good first edition of the uh, deep dive. I enjoyed that. I don't think you're ever gonna top that one. Ah, uh, we'll see. There's there's plenty plenty more we can we can look into. So Excellent. I enjoyed that, Nick. Well done. Good work. Good. I suppose we should get out of here. This is going to be the longest wave so far. And the idea of splitting into two was that I'd love less <laughs> editing to do, not more. <laughs> let's wave goodbye. We've got a movie to talk we have. about. Let's go and talk about Urge. And the episode for that will be out on Thursday. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>